Welcome to Experience This, the podcast that celebrates remarkable customer experiences and inspires you to stand out from the competition by wowing your customers. Each episode, we bring you a healthy dose of inspiring stories, funny interactions, and practical takeaways. Marketing and customer experience thought leader, Dan Gingas. Shares the mic with customer retention and employee experience expert, Joey Coleman, helping you to get people talking about your business. So get ready, because it's time to experience this. Get ready for another episode of your favorite podcast, The Experience, this show. Woohoo! Join us as we discuss... How to make marketing fun, the current state of customer experience, and avoiding the buzzwords that people love to hate. Witty, wowing, and wonky. Oh my. Sometimes a remarkable experience deserves deeper investigation. We dive into the nitty gritty of customer interactions and dissect how and why they happen. Join us while we're dissecting the experience. Verblio is a content creation company that provides writing services for businesses. And much like the creative content it delivers for clients, the company has injected a sense of fun into everything it does. Verblio's CEO, Steve Pakras, was actually a business school classmate of mine at Kellogg. And I was honored to be interviewed by him for an episode of their excellent podcast called Yes and Marketing. One of the five core principles of remarkable customer experience that I outlined in my book, The Experience Maker, is being witty. And Verblio does witty in spades. Here's Verblio's SVP of Marketing, Paul Zalewski, talking about fun in marketing. So I took over marketing at Verblio about five years ago. And one of the very first things I did was kill most of the fun in our marketing. At the time, I thought that the fun made us look too down-home or too small. And I really wanted the brand to look professional and big company-like. Since those early days, I've done a complete 180 on fun in marketing. And I now really believe that there's a huge place for it in B2B brands. So today, our brand is colorful and it doesn't take itself too seriously. And we hear from people all the time that they see this and they recognize it. So if you go to verblio.com, you'll see things like there's a cartoon Yeti on the homepage. You'll find these self-deprecating Easter eggs that are sprinkled throughout the entire site. And there's a whole page that's written in the style of a gossip magazine. Our goal with the site was to make people laugh on every single page. And I think that it makes us more memorable and it definitely makes my job more fun. So did five years ago mean need to worry about Verblio coming across all big and corporate? Well, there was a lead that came through that tabloid style landing page just last week. And it was one of the top five health content publishers in the world. I love this conceptually. And looking at their website, it's not hard to find the wittiness and sense of humor. Zalewski told us that even on pages that are built with SEO in mind, the company uses purple text to have some fun and be relatable. 
So for example, there's a page on their site that talks about technical writing services. And it says, simplified and streamlined technical content, fully optimized for SEO and end user experience. And then in the purple text underneath, it says, like Geek Squad, but for content. Yes, the old Best Buy Geek Squad. But <laughs> you got to love that reference. They also have an About Us page, like so many other companies have. But on their website, each executive's bio includes their favorite word. Steve's is Hootenanny. And others included Bedraggled Shenanigans and Arugula. And hoverable footnotes that lend extra color and humor to each bio. The result? You actually get to know each executive as a person. And then there's Verblio's video ads. Now, we just have the audio here because it, after all, it is a podcast. But listen in as a CEO, Steve Pakros, dressed in a lab coat, riffs on those horrible pharmaceutical TV commercials. Hi, I'm Steve Pakros. I'm the CEO of Verblio. I'm not a doctor, but I do have Amazon Prime, which is where I got this lab coat. Do you suffer from PFWD? PFWD is post-freelance writer depression, and it's common in agencies that work with freelance content writers. Symptoms include anger, sadness, hopelessness, feeling like everything you read sounds exactly the same. Stop suffering and start making money on content creation. Verblio can help. Think of Verblio as Verbilify, Verbutrin, Verbloft. Just tack an uplifting suffix to our name and you get the picture. Start feeling better. Start getting the content you need for your clients from writers who know what they're doing. We have a network of 3,000 fantastic writers. Our writers are tested, vetted, and QA'd. I know what you're thinking. Is Verblio safe for agencies? Yes, we're actually specially formulated for agencies. Verblio is FDA approved. Cheers, Verblio. Don't talk to your doctor. Don't talk to your dog. Talk to me. It's not a prescription. It's a subscription. Patients all over the country have seen amazing results in things like forklift technology, CBD for dog anxiety, MDMA for human anxiety, and more. Side effects include more time to spend with your family and friends, better sleep, jazz hands. Do not combine Verblio with other content services, such as Craigslist or Upwork, as serious complications can occur. Don't stop using Verblio if you become pregnant with ideas. Just share them with our writers. And talk to your doctor if the smile on your face Last more than 10 hours. Verblio. Pharmaceutical grade content for every client in your book. The fun doesn't stop even in cold emails. Brr. It's hard to stand out with more than 258 billion emails sent per day, according to internetlivestats.com. Here's one of our favorites from Verblio. Hi. Congratulations on making it to the end of my email sequence. Over the course of the past few weeks, I hope I've been able to illustrate how our integration with HubSpot could make your content strategy more effective. I've tried it all, from videos to market studies to even GIFs or GIFs, but I haven't tried poetry. So here it goes. As my sequence comes to an end, this will be the last time I hit send. But fear not, you still have time to explore Verblio through this rhyme. Would you like to hop on a quick call? We can chat HubSpot inbound about it all. Let me know when your calendar's free to learn more about content made easy. This doesn't have to be goodbye. What do you say? Are you open to setting up a few minutes to talk content? 
I love that. And man, with all of the unsolicited emails that I get, that one I probably would answer. Finally, I love that Verblio integrates fun for its employees as well. Even their job descriptions make me want to quit podcasting and go apply. Here's Paul again explaining their strategy. There's another place that we've decided to inject a lot of brand, and that is our job descriptions. Have you ever finished reading a job description and thought, dang, that sounded like every other job description I've read? Or I still have no idea what it would be like to work at this company. So we decided to make our job descriptions a place where you might read detailed analogies about strategically trading lunchbox items in grade school or our musings on why wedding food is so bad. And I'm happy to say that out of the 100 plus candidates that I've talked to over the last three years, something like 95% of them talk to me and talk about the brand and what it meant to them. You might hear about authenticity and brand so darn often that it can be eye-rolly. But when you get it right, it's magical. And for me, that magic started happening when I realized that I take my job seriously, but I also take having a fun at work just as seriously. So as an example, here's a recent job description from Verblio. It says, Hopefully, you're the vivacious and visionary director of partnerships and strategic expansion we've been looking for. Let's talk about your childhood. Were you the kind of kid who strategically traded stuff from their lunchbox for even more delicious stuff from other kids' lunchboxes? Did you merge and acquire and partner with peers to create the most incredible lunch possible, all while staying likable, popular, and not being a jerk bully? First of all, well done. Second of all, Lunchables are disgusting. Third of all, your personality and natural talents and intellect are just what we need. I mean, who doesn't want to apply for that job? <laughs> you know, it's what's so great about this, Dan, and it, it's kind of the point of this entire segment. When you inject playfulness and fun and wit into your communications, whether those are job ads, whether those are job listings or job descriptions, whether those are advertisements, whether those are in cold emails uh, as part of an email sequence, it creates a different experience. It makes people smile. It makes them laugh. It makes them go, huh, this seems fun and interesting and different, especially compared to the typical emails they get, the typical advertisements they see, the typical job postings. So I think there's great opportunity here. And I think Verblio is living it in a dozen different ways, if not more, that they interact with both their customers and employees. Yeah, I agree with you. And I would take it the final step to say that it makes it into a company that people want to either do business with or work for. Right, Because we all want to be a part of something fun. And it's like that universal desire. And so it makes the company so much more approachable. It makes the executives more approachable. It shows their human side. It shows they have a sense of humor. And at least when I see that with brands, it makes me want to do business with them. So the takeaway here is that you can have fun and show personality anywhere in your business. It just takes a willingness to put yourself out there take some risks, and basically just be your best human self. Your customers and employees will thank you for it. Surveys, reports, studies, and reviews. There are some great resources that look at consumer behavior to find emerging trends and established patterns. 
we dig through the data and bring you the key takeaways in this edition of Inside the Numbers. Today, we go inside the numbers with the annual State of CX report from Get Feedback, the leading customer experience feedback platform. The study surveyed more than 2,200 CX professionals in the US and Europe across 26 industries. And we're going to share with you today four key takeaways. Takeaway number one, collaboration across business units is a must. Customer experience is often thought of as, quote, everyone's job. But in reality, that kind of thinking can lead to it being, quote, no one's job. Thus, a strong centralized CX team paired with a culture of collaboration across departments allows companies to both see the big picture and dig deep into individual customer touch points. Now, according to the Get Feedback report, about one-third of companies have a holistic leader or department that focuses on the end-to-end customer experience. In addition, companies which significantly collaborate cross-functionally are 27% more likely to have a high or very high return on investment for their CX program. In fact, among companies which reported significant collaboration between business units, 72% also reported very high ROI. According to the study, ROI is most often measured as impact on new growth, impact on retention rate, and impact on cost to service. And I'd be remiss if I didn't say what I often say on the show, silos, they're great on the farm, They're not good in your organization. You got to collaborate with the other business units. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. I wanted to ask you, when I saw that number, about a third of companies have a holistic leader or department that focuses on end-to-end customer experience. I actually thought that felt low. And my guess is in the years to come, that number is going to grow much higher. Would you agree? I would 100% agree. And here's the thing. When I actually felt that one-third was high for what I've experienced with businesses I've interacted with. Usually there isn't one person or even one department that is thinking end-to-end for customer experience. And I'll define end-to-end as being from the moment someone first hears of you as a prospect with your marketing materials, all the way through to them being a loyal, raving fan advocate. I think there are very few organizations that have an entire department devoted to that, let alone an individual leader. Interesting. Well, stay tuned for next year's uh, results and we'll update you. (laughs) We'll see if the number goes up. So takeaway number two, happy employees equal happy customers. I like to think of the relationship between employee experience and customer experience as an infinity symbol. You know, that little like sideways eight thing that keeps going around and around. When employees are happy, they better serve customers, thereby making those customers happy. And unfortunately, the inverse is also true. Now, GetFeedback found that employee motivation and skills and training are the two biggest hurdles to CX program success. A separate study by GetFeedback's parent company, Momentiv, found that a quarter of employees say they're likely to leave their current jobs in the next six months, with the main reason, almost half of them saying, work stress. Thus, companies must stand behind their employees and ensure that they feel healthy, safe, heard, and empowered. Takeaway number three, more personalization is needed, as long as it's the right kind. 
Personalization has become a popular buzzword in the customer experience space, but many personalization attempts fall flat with the customer. The State of CX report defines personalized customer experiences as, quote, building products, services, and interactions obtained from customer data points like purchase history, industry, location, etc., that meet your customer's unique and individual expectations, preferences, and requirements. Whew, big definition, but an important definition. The report found that 73% of respondents have increased their efforts in delivering a personalized experience to customers, with more than half of them focused on customer surveys and building customized products and services. Dynamic website experiences and segmented customer messaging were also popular methods. Friends, it's not enough to just mail merge in the person's first name and think you've personalized the communication. Those were the anti-upchips to sit down at the table a decade ago. You gotta be thinking about even more ways to personalize every interaction you have with your customers. Plus, I've lost count of the number of emails that I've gotten that say literally, dear first name or, <laughs> or dear someone else's name other than mine. So true. So, I heard the story as an aside about someone on LinkedIn who put a period in at the beginning of their name and then a space and then their first name. So when you're reading it on LinkedIn, totally easy to read what it is. But what happens is when they get a LinkedIn request addressed to dear dot with the little period, they know that it's a robot that has done it or an automated effort that has done it as opposed to an actual human reaching out to them. Interesting like idea about how people are kind of counterbalancing some of the technologies that are, in a, that are being put in place to kind of fake personalization. Yep. All right, finally, takeaway number four. If home is where the heart is, then loyalty is where the wallet is. The Get Feedback report found that the top priority for 2022 among CX professionals is boosting customer loyalty. Interestingly, the other top priorities, such as collecting and analyzing customer feedback, taking more strategic action on CX data, and cultivating a customer-centric culture, are all means to the same end, increased customer loyalty. Companies don't need a loyalty program to create loyalty. Yes, many customers enjoy collecting points or miles to get free stuff. But true loyalty is when customers want to do business with the company again and again without a financial incentive. They aren't price shopping or lured by a one-time new customer promotion. They aren't even considering other brands because they feel like they're right where they belong. If you'd like to read the full report from Get Feedback, go to this bit.ly link. It's bit.ly B-I-T dot L-Y slash State of CX 2022. That again is bit.ly slash State of CX 2022. And you'll want to capitalize the S in state and the C and X in CX. Your customers are real people, not numbers in a queue. That's why Help Scout lets you manage conversations, not tickets. Join us now for Conversation Corner. So it's Matt here from customer service platform Help Scout back with the question of the week. This week's question, Dan, what business have you had the longest customer relationship with? 
I have to say the brand that comes to mind for me is Charles Schwab. When I first got out of college and I opened up my first investment account, I went through Charles Schwab. And over the years, because I graduated from college quite a long time ago, over the years, I've added my IRA and checking and savings and business accounts, and children's custodial accounts, etc. And so I've probably been a customer of theirs uh, for at least 25 years. And I think that one of the things they actually wrote about them in my recent book, The Experience Maker, because they were one of the companies that really stuck out to me at the beginning of the pandemic. If you remember back to March, April, May 2020, we got emails from pretty much every company that had ever had our email address. And they all said exactly the same thing. We are enhancing our cleaning procedures. And here's a link to learn more about the novel coronavirus. And Charles Schwab decided to be a little bit different. They decided not to tell me anything about their cleaning and enhanced cleaning procedures. They instead sent me an email that said, you must be very concerned about a volatile stock market. Thankfully, we have a whole bunch of tools and resources to help you through this difficult time. And there were links to the resources. And I thought to myself, this is exactly what I want to hear from my brokerage company during a volatile stock market time. I don't want to hear about their cleaning procedures. I want to hear about how they're there for me. They have my back and they can help me. And that's one of the reasons why I've remained such a loyal customer for 25 years is that I think they really get that. Mm, so it sounds like they, they understand what you value and that's what they're delivering to you. Yeah, absolutely. They don't just treat me like an account number. They treat me like an individual customer with individual needs. But that was a very difficult moment in early 2020 where companies didn't know what to do. And that's why they all sent the same email. But I really appreciate the companies that are brave and are willing to do something different. If you're interested about other companies that generate a lot of loyalty, plus some great content on customer experience and customer service from our friends at Help Scout, go to their website at helpscout.com slash experience this. That is our landing page for all the great content we're putting together this season. It's helpscout.com slash experience this. There are so many great customer experience articles to read, but who has the time? We summarize them and offer clear takeaways you can implement starting tomorrow. Enjoy this segment of CX Press, where we read the articles so you don't need to. For today's CX Press, I actually gathered two articles by the same publication, which is Inc.com, but by two different authors talking about very similar things. Ooh, it's like a double whammy CX Press. I like it. It is. It's a double whammy. <laughs> articles so start... for the price of one segment. So let's start with the first article. It is entitled... Top 32 Buzzwords That Employees Truly Hate. Oh, that's a good clickable link. I would be all over that one. Exactly. That's why I was. It was written by Jeffrey James, who's a contributing editor to Inc. Now, he cites some research by The Atlantic, which recently asked its readers to rate 32 business buzzwords against one another in, in kind of like an elimination tournament like the March Madness. Now, the winner of that process... In other words, the one that people disliked the most was lean in. <laughs> you like overused that one, Joey? Phrases. Overused phrases. Yeah, I, I love the concept behind it in many ways, but totally overused and frankly misused a ton. Indeed. 
Well, James looked deeper at the raw scores that each buzzword achieved in the contest, counting the number of thumbs down votes that each received and kind of used that as an indicator of how much people disliked that particular buzzword. Now, you'll have to go to the article to see all 32 buzzwords, but we thought we would list the top 10, as he calls them, most heinous buzzwords. And here we go. Joey, I'm going to read uh, five of them and I'll have you read the other five and then we can discuss them. So coming in at number 10 is align. Like, we need to align <laughs> on this strategy. <laughs> coming in at number nine, an old favorite, think outside the box. Which makes me want to crawl into a box every time I hear someone say that. Yes. Number eight was bandwidth, which did kind of come on the scene a couple of years ago and is being wholly misused. Number seven is our friend Lean In. And number six is a change agent. Oh, very nice. Now, the top five, and as a reminder, the winner of the elimination process was Lean In, but then they checked and what they saw what the actual scores were across the entire voting. So these are the top five. Number five, buy in. Number four, Circle back. <laughs> so bad. That doesn't even make doesn't English make sense. sense. Yeah, yeah. You can't go back in a circle. Okay, anyway, that just took a geometrical reference. I'm sorry, you were told there would be no math on this episode. Uh, number three, unpack. You know, Joy, I, I think we should unpack that a little we bit. We really should unpack that a bit. Uh, number two, and boy, has this one been overused like crazy in the last two years, pivot. Because when yes. in doubt and you don't know what to say, just say pivot and it makes you sound smarter or not at all. And number one, one that is just frankly so misplaced in so many scenarios that it is used that it's cringeworthy, holistic approach, which is neither holistic nor an approach when you <laughs> analyze whatever they've used to modify with the phrase holistic approach. Otherwise, it's a perfect description. Yeah, so, exactly. So holistic approach was named the most heinous of the buzzwords according to the number of thumbs down votes in this. I thought this was really interesting stuff. All of these. I mean, I have heard every one of these many, many times in corporate America. Even as a consultant, you hear this stuff come up. And I don't know why we feel like we need this strange language that really doesn't exist anywhere outside the business world. Yeah. And what I don't understand is why we continue to perpetuate this behavior. You know, I got to admit, I was on a call the other day and I actually said outside the box and I felt a little bit of bile come up in my throat when I said it. And I almost said, and in hindsight, I regret, I wish I would have said, I'm sorry. I don't know how that slipped out, but I should never be saying, we need to think outside the box. I was kind of referencing something and I was tired and it was with a, a long-term friend. But long story short, if you find yourself saying these phrases, don't hesitate to catch yourself in the moment and say, I don't know why I said that. Forgive me. What I meant to say was, and then actually just explain what you're trying to say instead of some throwaway buzzword. Yeah, I definitely agree. I, I, And I agree with something you said earlier that I think people use some of these words because they think it makes them sound smart. And oftentimes that can backfire. My favorite example of this is actually a grammatical example. Many people have trouble deciding whether to say I or me because they don't know which is grammatically correct. And so instead, they use the word myself. Now, 99 times out of 100, myself is wrong. 
Uh, in fact, if you just choose between I and me, you have a 50-50 <laughs> shot of getting it right. But by going to myself, you are almost entirely wrong. But people, for some reason, think it makes them sound either more intelligent or more important. You know, please let Joey or myself know if you have any questions. Yeah. I mean, it's... And then the, those of us that, you know, care about grammar, it, it's cringeworthy. Yeah, and I will say it reminds me of that great scene in the movie Austin Powers when he says, <laughs> yeah. allow myself to introduce myself. And it kind of illustrates that myself point. One other movie reference, because I got to tell you, when we were listing out these words, I was looking for it. Uh, there's a movie called In Good Company from back in like 2004 or so. Topher Grace, Dennis Quaid, Scarlett Johansson. Funny movie, but there's a scene where it's all about synergy. And they do this little hand gesture. And I got to tell you, I have been in meetings where somebody said synergy. And I felt my hands wanting to kind of make the little synergy symbol that they do in the movie because it's so ridiculous. Yeah. Or or the uh, the Saturday Night Live uh, sketch to introduce the word strategery. Yes, it's exactly. Very similar, right? Exactly. Uh, so anyway, uh, the interesting thing, and I, I told you there were two articles here. So there was a second article within Inc., that looked at buzzwords that turn people off in job listings. Ooh, and nice. We're, this is kind of the customer experience, employee experience segment today. I like it. It is. So this one was written by Minda Zetlin, and it's entitled Nine Business Buzzwords People Hate So Much They Won't Want to Work With You. Now, according to a recent survey of over 1,500 American office workers that was conducted by a language tutoring company called Preply, some buzzwords are so bad that if people see them in a job ad, they won't bother to apply. Think about that for a minute, Joey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. When, when, when the language we use is such a turnoff that it stops us from even continuing the conversation. I, I think this is a powerful, uh, powerful point to make, and I'm excited to see some of the words that came up. Well, the five buzzwords that will stop people from applying for jobs are rock star, wearing many hats, having thick skin, the concept of work hard, play hard, and my favorite, ninja. <laughs> okay, let's, because I think it would be useful, let's imagine what someone reading these things might actually think. So I want to pick one of them. Wear many hats. Now, to the typical prospective employee, what we can garner from that phrase of wear many hats is, we're going to have you do a lot of stuff that isn't part of this job listing and pay you the same amount. <laughs> Or we're going to have you do a lot of things you really don't want to do. <laughs> or no one else will do. To do. Exactly. Exactly. What about thick skin? What do you think that's supposed to mean? Uh, yeah. Um, we're going to give you a boss that's going to yell at you and, you know, uh, never uh, accept what you have to offer. We're going to have, uh, we're an organization where it's hard to gain consensus, where people are going to disagree with you all the time. I mean, it sounds Horrible. Yeah, we're not going to care okay. about you as a person. We expect you to come to work with body armor on in the form of thick skin. Yeah, terrible. What about, exactly. you know, work hard, play hard. What, in my experience, work hard, play hard usually means work, 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 
do some more work, do a little bit more work, and then, hey, go out and drink yourself into oblivion because tomorrow you have to do more work. That's usually what work hard, play hard translates to in most cultures. Well, I thought this one was interesting because as a young employee, I think I would have been attracted to work hard, play hard because you know you want to like the people you're with. I always enjoyed doing outings or other things with my colleagues. Um, you know, uh, I, my first job out of college, we worked next to a bowling alley, and I was the one. I, I grabbed four guys and or three guys and said, "Hey, you want to join a bowling team?" And they said yes, and literally. The office gossip about our bowling got so big that <laughs> I got I ended up forming an entire league of people oh in gosh. the office because everyone it. wanted to bowl, right? So that I work hard, play hard, I kind of like. As I've gotten older, I don't have so much interest in playing hard, at least not with colleagues. And, you know, I kind of want to go home to the kids and, you know, put up my feet and <laughs> relax a little while or, you know, enjoy entertainment in my own way, not necessarily in a huge group. So I think that one could have a plus or a minus. The one that really irked me is Ninja. And you sometimes see this in people. I mean, people put this on their LinkedIn profiles. You can add guru or any of these other terms to them. There's a, isn't there a Star Wars term too that, you know, I don't know Star Wars, but <laughs> they're very well made. There's a lot of I don't Star know, Wars you terms. like, whatever. But, you know, I, I, calling somebody a ninja or a guru oh, or Jedi. Somebody's, You're a Jedi. Thank to you. A Jedi. <laughs> yeah, Jedi. Thank you. It took you. me a second to figure out because I like a big Star Wars fan here. And I was like, oh, yeah, Jedi. That's the one he's thinking yeah, of. Yeah. Okay. So these words don't mean anything in business. So stop using them. And, you know, I'll tell you, even if somebody, I, I have been called, I, I'm going to admit this. In public, I have been called by others a guru every once in a while. And I'm telling you, it makes my skin crawl. And I usually correct them and say, I am not a guru. That is not how I want you to describe me or how I would describe myself. Now, if you want to talk about being an expert or a thought leader or uh, somebody with experience or a leader or what have you, now you're, you're using business terms. But to bring in movie terms or, or terms about you know, that, that have nothing to do with business tends to irk me. So I don't know. I, I don't know. That one kind of got me. I think the summary here in both of these articles is there is no need to use buzzwords in business for, for the most part. And oftentimes, it's kind of a sign of laziness. You know, say what you mean, mean what you say, go find the words to describe the situation. And, and the last thing that, that occurs to me is that in both employee experience and customer experience, simplicity is sort of a core element. And that's why when people say, I don't know if I've told you this, Joey, but one of the, probably the, the biggest compliment and the most common piece of feedback that I got about my new book is that people refer to it as simple. I think that's great. I write with simple words. I don't have a thesaurus. I've never used big words. I was terrible at the SAT. But you know what? That makes me easy to understand and makes me relatable. I think that's true when we're talking with people at work as well. There is no need to use words to make ourselves what we think sound smarter because the result is people don't take it that way. They actually think the reverse, as is this article about all of the buzzwords that people actually hate. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Experience This. You're the best listener ever. And since you listen to the whole show... Yay, you! We're curious. 
Was there a specific part of this episode that you enjoyed the most? If so, it would mean the world to us if you could share it with a coworker, a friend, or someone that just loves listening to podcasts. And while you're in the sharing mood, if you felt inclined to jump over to iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts and write us a review, we would so appreciate it. And when you do, don't forget to let us know as we might have a little surprise for you. Thanks again for your time and we'll see you next week for more... Experience. Yes.